This is an ABC podcast. Hi, friends. It's Ruby here, and this is news time. Hello, Ruby. Today, we are going to start off going for a walk along a dingo fence. Then we'll take a step back in time to learn how the things people used to eat can teach us more about what we should eat today. We'll meet a teenager on a mission to make his street safer, and we'll find out how a picture book is helping someone fit in at school. After that, it'll be time for Wow of the Week. Wowie! Let's get this show on the road. All right, let's go. Story number five. Tell me some fun facts about dingoes. Well, they're furry, they're yellow and white, and they live almost everywhere. They have sharp teeth, they're very good runners, and they go on packs. That's right. Dingoes are a type of wild dog, and they've lived in Australia for thousands of years. They've become a really important part of our country's ecosystem. They are a top land predator. But dingoes can also be a problem too, especially if you're a farmer. Because dogs and stuff like eating meat? Yes, particularly sheep. About 70 years ago, a big chain fence was built across Australia to protect sheep from dingoes. Keeping the land separated so animals don't attack each animal. Spot on. This fence runs down from Queensland around New South Wales and ends in South Australia. It can even be seen from space. Amazing. The fence has been pretty good at protecting sheep, but it's also led to a few issues. On the side that has dingoes, the land stays greener for longer because there's a lot more variety of plants and animals to help keep the ecosystem balanced. In the areas with no dingoes, there are more feral cats and foxes, and they like to hunt native animals. Feral cats and foxes have only been in Australia for a few hundred years, so native animals haven't had time to work out how to avoid them. For real? Yep, and with no dingoes to keep kangaroo numbers down, there are more of those too. They like to munch on native plants, and that means less native plants and more woody shrubs growing in areas they really shouldn't be. Scientists say we need to do more to understand the impacts of the dingo fence so that we can make sure we always have the right amount of space with dingoes and the right amount of space without them. Story number four. What are your favourite things to eat? Lollies, ice cream and grapes. Peanut butter and honey toast and sausages, carrots, and hot chips. Delicious! When we're deciding what to eat, it's good to aim to have a balanced diet. For example, food with lots of sugar in it, we can think of that as sometimes food, things that we eat on special occasions. Watch your teeth out and it doesn't make you feel good. Some food has lots of sugar and stuff called carbohydrates. 
Carbohydrates are important because your body breaks them down into glucose or blood sugar, and that's your body's main source of energy. But if you get too much sugar in your blood, that can lead to a disease called type 2 diabetes. That's where your body has trouble processing sugar. There's a lot more sugar in the food we eat nowadays than there was in the past. For tens of thousands of years, Indigenous Australians have been hunting and gathering food. Kangaroos, turtles, fish, worms, bugs. The Nunnanjeri people of South Australia traditionally ate kangaroo and other mammals and fish from the ocean and lots of bush tucker, like saltbush and nuts, and some bugs. Over time, their diets changed as new types of food became available. And for some people, type 2 diabetes has become a problem. Now, Nun and Jerry elders have teamed up with Flinders University to see if something called a ketogenic diet will help make them better. A ketogenic diet is when you have less carbohydrates and more protein, like meat or tofu, and good kinds of fats, like avocado or nuts. I have a lot more energy when I feel healthy. And that's exactly what they're hoping for too. The elders say their traditional diet was a lot like the ketogenic diet. So they are really excited to figure out what Nunanjeri ketogenic eating might look like. Story number three. Crossing a busy road can be pretty tricky sometimes. That's why it's important that you cross with an adult in a spot where it's safe. Hold an adult's hand. Look both ways two times. Otherwise you can get ran over and you can get fat like a pancake. And that is definitely not what we want. A few years ago, an eight-year-old boy in Melbourne named Flynn decided there was a road near his house that needed a zebra crossing. He wanted people to be able to cross the road safely. During the busiest times of day, dozens of people were trying to cross the road while more than a thousand cars were trying to drive along it. So Flynn wrote to his local council and explained why he thought it should have a zebra crossing. It's the road, but you paint a little bit white. Those stripes tell cars that they need to slow down and stop if people are crossing the road. When the council wrote back, they told Flynn he needed to contact the state government. Years went by and Flynn kept up his campaign. He entered a competition where he got to speak to politicians about the zebra crossing. And he won! Now, Flynn is 15 years old and there are plans to make his zebra crossing a reality. This isn't going to be any ordinary zebra crossing either. It's got traffic lights and barriers, kind of like the ones you see outside schools. A big win for Flynn and everyone in the neighbourhood. Get on your Flynn. And don't forget to always cross the road with an adult where it's safe. Story number two. Seven-year-old Ziggy Seal lives on a farm in South Australia with his brothers and sisters, his mum Cody and his dad Brooke, who's a farmer. 
Ziggy is different to his siblings because he has a brain injury and that makes talking, moving and walking more difficult. Ziggy uses a wheelchair to get around and recently he started school for the first time. Ziggy's dad, Brooke, was worried that kids at school might not understand Ziggy's differences. So he decided to write a book for all the kids in Ziggy's class explaining the things that make Ziggy different and special. Because they might not be an, another person that likes doing the same thing. Different. Because they're unique in their own way. I don't have the same eye colour, clothes and same hair colour. Our differences make us who we are. After Ziggy's dad shared his story, Ziggy's classmates understood Ziggy a bit better and he made lots of friends. Ziggy's story worked so well that his dad has published the book to help other people see that everyone is different and that's okay. In fact, it's great. I someone fell over or someone was teasing them, I would help them get it back and make them happy. Exactly. Brooke also wanted to use the book to say thank you to his local community for treating Ziggy with respect and being a good friend to him. And now it's time for the moment we've all been waiting for. Wow. This story made me go wow because the cat came back. And the person was so happy that the cat was back. About a year ago, the north part of New South Wales experienced one of the worst natural disasters in Australia's history. The area was hit with a flood more than two metres higher than any flood they'd had before. Thousands of houses had water all the way up to their roofs. Wow. One of those houses belonged to 92-year-old Valerie Axton and her cat Mendelssohn. They live in the city of Lismore, and that area was really badly flooded. Valerie had to climb out a window, and she was rescued by a stranger in a boat. Unfortunately, there wasn't room for Mendelssohn, and she had to leave him behind on the roof. But the roof would just, like, give it more time to survive like before somebody rescues it. A few days later, Valerie's son came back to her mud-covered house and Mendelssohn was still there. That's awesome. But about a month after the flood, Mendelssohn went missing. Valerie couldn't move home for nearly a year because most of her stuff had washed away. When she did finally move home, it just wasn't quite the same without Mendelssohn. But then, who do you think wandered through the front door? Yep, it was Mendelssohn. Valerie was shocked and so happy to see him again. I would be screaming with happiness. It's a bit of a mystery where Mendelssohn went for nearly a year, but the main thing is he's back home safe and sound and Valerie is thrilled. Well, that's it for this week, my friends. Thank you, Ruby. Don't forget to do the quiz. You'll find it in the show notes. I'll catch you next time with five brand spanking new stories. Bye. Bye. Or, as they say in Turkish, hoşça kulun. Hoşça kulun.
News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.